Good morning, pile. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Jim Davis along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Sal and Wine. And whatever festivities you're having, both this weekend and next weekend, make sure you've got a bottle or two of Talon wine. The wingspan's great. The Riesling's great. Wherever you're pulling out of the oven, whatever you're serving for your Christmas Do meal alcohol. or New Year's, make sure Talon is there. It's one of your uh, beverage choices. All right, so a chance to win a bottle of Talon wine today. It's wine about a Wednesday. And Talon wine. Uh, are you are you through with your Christmas shopping, Buckeye? We'll start with you. Are you done? Yeah, <laughs> start started. Well, you, you know it's it's Sunday, right? And yeah, today yeah. is hey, today is today is Wednesday. Stops open on Saturday. I'll be fine. No, just about done. Six pick or six pack of Mountain Dew yeah. Lightning Thunder and some oh, Slim yeah. Jims. Yeah, I you're, I mean, you I may I get a dollar that. store Mountain Dew. I just made that up. I don't yeah. even Mountain Lightning <laughs> paired with some Doctor Thunder. <laughs> Sounds like Mountain Doctor Thunder. Worst local territory wrestlers ever. <laughs> it does sound like, like a made up wrestling name yeah. for some yeah local yahoos. Now, just about done. We're doing we're doing pretty much stocking stuffers for adults, and the family drew names. So, or my family drew names. Her, uh, the in laws were doing the stocking stuffers. So, pretty pretty easy going this year. Okay. It's just sometimes stocking stuffers for some people are like, I've got you this knickknack and that knickknack that are twenty five thirty dollars a pop, and others are socks and toothbrush, and so it's. <laughs> Trying to thread that needle of what goes in the stocking is the fun part. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm done. Pretty much. Well, pretty much done. Did some, some final purchasing yesterday, running around. Mm-hmm. And I know people get kind of wrapped up in their own worlds. And... And that happens a lot. Of, a lot of times you go to a store, but but yesterday it was just like, okay, I get it. You probably are thinking about a lot of things, but could you not have your cart blocking the entire aisle while mm-hmm. you're staring at the shelf, going, "What should I get? Yeah. What should I do? What should I get?" Pull my, to the side and figure it out. My wife had to go to both Walmart and City Market yesterday. Oh, God bless her. Oh man, she God bless her. she was ready to throw a punch people. Like I had to go to Walmart too, but I went to the neighborhood one out in Clifton, which is a little smaller. Right. And also I went at like two forty five. So not a whole lot going on. There's the occasional high school kid who air quote got out of class early. <laughs> yeah. Pull pulled the old uh, buckeye boy attendance, right? Uh you'd probably ask Jeffrey Miller about that, among others. Um, but so it was fine. I didn't have to deal with the crowd, but Tuesday's my day to do the school pickup for the young nephews. And that's, that's a whole lot of fun because there are parents in there that like, there's no rule. It's Thunderdome in the pickup. Well, yeah, I went yesterday. I went to central Mm because we always drop off. I do every year. Yeah. Good use to the athletic directors and their secretaries Mm -hmm. and always appreciate that. And, uh, went out and 
saw Josh King for a yeah. few minutes at uh, at Central. Central wasn't bad. Palisade, they it was it's they, Thunderdome. If 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 Greg Hawkins had hair, Greg probably been ripping it out yesterday. It was like chaos out there. It was absolute chaos. Why people choose to do jobs like that on purpose, I'll never know. Because I can't handle it. There are much Greg. greater people than me. You know, poor, poor Greg yesterday was just like, he's like, yeah, thanks, Chip, appreciate it. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, just they, were, they had so much stuff Running going around on. with literal and figurative fire extinguishers. Yeah, yeah. And I, I couldn't handle it. And I and I I felt bad for it because it was just it was just like this absolute. I mean, just chaos and mm-hmm. mayhem out of Palisade High School. It was like, what, one or two more days of yeah. school year? Yeah, I think, well, today. I think today is the, uh, the last day of school here locally Woo! before the holiday break. So, yeah, it was just... Um, <laughs> it's Thunderdome, man, at school. It was. Oh, it's Thunderdome. It, it was. I, I said I, I felt for him yesterday. I really, really did because it was just, it was just crazy yesterday. Out of Palisade. So, um, anyway, we got some thoughts on a Wine About It Wednesday with Talon Wine. Love to hear from you today. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. I have one that's seasonally specific. Okay. If you're going to go around, look at Christmas lights. That's great. I suggest you do it, right? We have a handful of places in town that pair music to their lights, and it's awesome to go through that, you know, expense and tediousness to set that up and it's always very cool there's one out first in patterson area that's really good but if you're going to drive through that neighborhood while other people are trying to turn off your lights especially your high beams you know if you want your fog lights on that's fine but if you're in one of those big lifted trucks turn turn your lights off don't be a tool i have to agree with you You on that yeah why come on and then there's a another house that's got lights that's uh time to music out by Safeway on Patterson. That's as close as I'll get because I don't want to gum up that neighborhood because it was really, really cool, and it's kind of one of those hidden gem-type places. And there was not very many people around the house. So you pull right up, watch as long as you wanted to. It was great. That was fun. That's not a wine. The other one's a wine. The other one's a wine. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday I was at a Palisade. I got to meet Jeff Mason. Uh Uh-huh. He's the band teacher at Palisade. Nice. And uh, Jeff played baseball at Grand Junction with Ryan Parker, like mid nineties. I think ninety five is what Jeff said. And Jeff listened to the show. Awesome. Yeah, and that said, hey, I, we talked a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, band folks well represented on this program. Yourself, yeah. uh, Cake, Cake. Uh, yeah. I know uh, Ryan Crabtree listens out at Fruit Monument. Listens every once in a while, oh, as much good. as he can. Very good. So ran into him at GJ Golf last summer, I think. Very nice, dude. That's two of the four. I mean, maybe the other band directors listen. We I, just I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Hit us up on the text line if you're a band director. <laughs> band directors that like or to listen to sort of sports talk. You know, I say that lovingly because I am one. Because you are one. Exactly. Cake, cake M1, too. So, right. You know. Right. So, what's... Anything else you want to add there? Are you, you done uh, with your blind? Anything else you want to whine about? Or you good? I think I'm all right. I think I'm good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else... Mm, I think I'm good for right now. I'll yeah, I'll whine about the nephew a little bit last night, the eight year old. Okay. I'm unloading the car of stuff and they're kids, right? They run in, go to the bathroom, whatever. 
comes out of our bedroom where the second bathroom is and says, I didn't look at anything. Now, I didn't know what was in there because when I left, all of the Christmas stuff was out in the living room. And I hadn't been in the house yet. He's like, I didn't look at anything. I'm like, oh, come on. You just totally gave yourself away. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say anything. If you just walk out of there like, oh, I know what's going to happen. It's fine. But as soon as you tell someone, I didn't look. You know who used to be the worst about that in our family? Rachel? No. Oh. Wasn't Nick. Really? It was Kenda. Oh. There was one time (laughs) I come home. Uh Uh-huh. And she's like rifling through the closet. She's like on the step stool. <laughs> she's like, like, what are you doing, honey? No, 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 just looking for something. That's great. What are you looking for? A hat? Mm-hmm. No, you're not. <laughs> just like, okay, you caught me. I was looking. I was just, I just wanted to know. It's like, she's, you know, obviously yeah. not, not like that anymore. But this is like when she was, you know, when we were our 30s, wanting to know what you got for Christmas. I want to know. I just, I have gotten to the point to where I'll find out eventually. Yeah, I, uh, to me, I'm... And it's kind I, of I, self-serving I, a little bit. I'm, I'm at the point now in my life where it's like, I get something great, but I don't. That's okay. Yeah. I'm all right with it. It's kind, not, it's not a big deal. Kind of the same way a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I would like to get stuff, but I, I, it's an unspoken deal, but I won't go snooping for Christmas presents. Just don't throw yeah. me a surprise party. Okay. There's yeah. my there's my you can surprise me is for Christmas. It's what you get for Christmas. Yeah. All right. So if you got something to complain about it today, it's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line to offer up your thoughts today. Text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Or really anything. Yeah. Or yeah, it's in daily life, world of sports. Safe space. Yeah, exactly. We're here and we're listening. Did you also fail a physical for the Giants? Maybe. You can text <laughs> us that. And you end up uh, with signing, with, signing with the Mets. Steve Cohen's now into the Cohen tax of the luxury tax. So, okay, Lindor's shortstop, right? Yeah. Carlos Correa's a shortstop, right? Yeah, sounds like Carlos is the third baseman Sounds now. like he's going to be a third baseman now. Because so, I think they also have McNeil at second base. Yeah, so they're they're pretty set. Pete Alonso at first. That's uh, that's a. Can he- you catch Carlos Correa? Can you catch? Can you catch that? That's a heck of an infield. Can you play left field? <laughs> that's gonna be a pretty good infield. Every those- infielder for the Mets has at least two All Star appearances. That's now. pretty good. That's pretty and good. One, two in the rotation are going to Cooperstown. Scherzer and Verlander. Yeah. Who? How the how the Tigers didn't win a World Series? It's with, a miracle. It's a miracle. All right, but the the story you want to get to, we all all kidding aside and yeah. horsing around this morning. Look, you and I are not not Pittsburgh Steelers fans, not by a long shot. Uh, particularly you, with them being your you know in division foe. Mm-hmm. But any being there comes a point where just we're all football fans, right? And we we might give each other grief about our respective teams or whatever, particularly if it's a rival. But when you have an all time great, the the passes away. And it's just days away from his number being retired by his team. The anniversary of a, a major play that he was involved in, even though now that would that play would for a long time would be illegal. <laughs> but it was you know, that day at seventy two, they weren't they were gonna there was no instant replay to go back and, and look at it. But Franco Harris, if you if you've not uh, heard uh passing away yesterday at the age of seventy two, we don't know what Franco Harris died from. 
his son just said that he passed away overnight. And um, the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, which, of course, he caught the deflected pass, Frenchie Fuqua, takes it against the Raiders in 72, was the first Steeler playoff win in decades, and kind of helped to set the stage. They, they lost to Miami the next week, but kind of helped to set the stage of the four Super Bowls that they would win in the 1970s that Franco Harris you know, was going to, like I said, has number retired when the Raiders would go to um, Pittsburgh for that matchup Saturday. And you can hear that game on the team, by the way, this Saturday. But um, like he is the patch the Steelers are going to wear Saturday. Yeah. Like it's it's a silhouette of him. Yeah. That's I mean, it's like Jerry West type stuff, you know. And it's it's so sad because it's the, the immaculate reception pivotal you know, point in Steeler history with that win against the Raiders and Franco Harris, Hall of Famer, Franco's Italian Army, and and just you know the he was such a huge part of Pittsburgh Steeler lore from the from the seventies, and just to you know for him to, to pass away just days before and had not been in ill health as far as we know. Mm-hmm. And and so, like I said, the circumstances are still you know unknown about about why he died, but just always every time I saw him on some classy guy, tremendous ambassador for the, for not just the Steelers but for the NFL as well, and just just so sad that before he was going to be honored with his number being retired by the Steelers, that he will he will not be there to to have Pittsburgh fans embrace him once again and for me i i give a look at the rooney family a little bit right like man 50 years why why did it take so long you know like i don't know their their issue there but you would think that you would want to do this sort of thing you know to where it's not even a a chance to be posthumously right yeah, I I mean, not that seventy two is what what it what it once ancient, was, but but but, I mean, but he's one of the all time great played players since the eighties. Yeah, he's one of the all time great players in Steeler history, and it just it just seems he's Hall of Famer. He's been a Hall of Famer for thirty years, and so yeah, why did it take till now for this to happen? And and I that and I for get me, it. It's like. Man, it was he was so close to receiving that honor, which he absolutely deserves. You know, like I get it was very nice. It's it's a nice bookend, right? It's appropriate fifty years, it's the Raiders, the whole thing, but they've played the Raiders since, haven't they? I'm I mean Well yeah, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they <laughs> yes, they've had to play them. That's where it's just it's like, like they play the, Ra- the the Raiders once every fifty years. Like I don't get this whole thing of we're gonna retire your number, but you're gonna need Canes and Walkers to get out there to celebrate that. Even yeah. if you're even still with it, that's ridiculous. If they deserve the number retired, retire it. And, and I'll give the Broncos some credit in that regard for the most part that they they've they have acknowledged their great players like the Ring of mm-hmm. Fame. Yeah. Earlier, they try their best to get him yeah. in before. You know, I still feel yeah, like best. you know, guy like they Steve, do a good Steve job. Foley. They they've missed, they've failed on Steve Foley, and mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. But 
you know, I, I, I just think that overall the Broncos have done a pretty good job with that. They do a good job. Uh, of guys going to the Ring of Fame, being acknowledged, or having numbers retired when when it's not that far removed from when they were actually playing. I right. mean, how do you, I just, yeah, there's one criticism. Here's a wine today. Mm-hmm. Was That's it not because, for me, it's for him yeah, and for, his yeah, family. Yeah, for him, that this should have happened, you know, they didn't know he was going to die. Okay, in fairness to the Pittsburgh Steelers, they didn't know he was going to pass away. But it just seemed like it just seems like as great of a player as he was, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you have done this sooner? And that's that's the you know one of the tragic parts of the story is that you know it was was it because they were waiting until it was the fiftieth, and there was some significance to that, I, which I'm I'm not sure. Because in this day and age, we you don't know what's going to happen to somebody, right? Whether they, they can be healthy as a horse and get hit by a car, and you don't know. And so I I don't I don't know the exact circumstances of why they waited so long on the thirtieth and the fortieth years. They played that play. They, they played the Raiders. They played the Raiders. Why not do it then? The thirtieth. Okay, do, do it on the thirtieth, which was twenty years ago. Yeah. I, I, Ten years ago on the fortieth. I mean, what? Why are why are we waiting? Well, sad, is it is it one of know. those things where you have to look back to what eighty three, his last year as a Steeler? Be like, oh, man, it's been forty years. We think now you deserve to have your jersey retired. Yeah, I just I'm with you on that. I I, I don't know why it it's taken them so long. Why this was. You know the yeah, the moment where they decided to do it, where it it could have been done on two other occasions, where it would have been anniversary wise significant mm-hmm. on the thirtieth and the fortieth. I I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't either. And it's it's kind of depressing for Franco Harris, to be honest. For me, it's like I'm I have no love for the Steelers, right? And it's one of those things to where he's a great in NFL history. And there are some guys from the Steelers that you get a jersey, you get a number, you're into the Hall of Fame if you played in the 70s. He's not one of those guys. He deserves his spot in Canton for what he did, not what the team did, yeah. but what he helped the team do. Some, some of those Steelers, the team helped them get into the Hall of Fame. Franco Harris helped them win four Super Bowls. Yeah. NFL, and it's semantics, but it's... Yeah, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in 72... First team All Pro in seventy seven, mm-hmm. two times second team All Pro, nine time Pro Bowler, NFL rushing touchdown leader in seventy six, All Decades team in the seventies, all time Steeler team. I mean, I mean, until that game, they had never won a playoff game. the The franchise had never the the whole Sixburg World's Greatest, whatever you know, winning us this, that, and the other. They had never won a playoff game until that play, which was an effort play, right? Because everybody else just kind of standing around. He's the only one still moving after Jack Tatum levels the Frenchie Fuqua, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's the only one still moving his feet at that point. And he scores. Yeah, they go on and lose to the Dolphins, who didn't lose to anybody that year. But from then on, they won four Super Bowls in the next yeah, that, seven that, years. They, they lost to the Dolphins in the AFC Championship game the next week, but it set the stage. Of course, they lost to the bitter, crabby 72 Dolphins. Yeah. 
but it set the stage for what was going to be an incredible run for the Pittsburgh Steelers and four Super Bowls. So, your thoughts on that today about about Franco Harris and um, it's dad fought a, in World War II. His yeah. mother was Italian. She was what they would call back then a war bride. Brought her, his dad brought her home, and and there, hence the the Franco's Italian Army, mm-hmm. which you could remember seeing the banners in the in the stands for that. Yeah, and then wrapped up his career one year with the Seattle Seahawks. And his picture on Pro Football Reference, his PRF page, he's on the All Flow team. His oh, yeah. hair is oh, yeah. glorious. Oh yeah. All right, seven twenty. And so it's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Somebody's going to win a bottle of Talon Wine today. And just uh, some thoughts about the passing of Franco Harris. That, like we were saying, that you, you nor I are, are Steeler fans by any stretch of the imagination. But I always had a lot of respect for Franco Harris. Mm-hmm. A lot of respect for just how, what a great ambassador he was for the NFL. Not just the Steelers, but but the National Football League as well. Yeah. All and, right. I mean, like you said, it's just, we have no love for the Steelers, but we love sports. Sure. He's an icon, no doubt. You know, and and a guy that, like we said, some some kind of just got into the Hall of Fame because of their connection to the Steelers. Yeah, were were Hall the good, not great, and they still got in. Franco Harris was a, a tremendous running back. Him and Rocky Blyer in the backfield, mm-hmm. great one-two punch. And Franco was the the guy that blocked for Lydell Mitchell at Penn State. And yeah, where's then, he now? And then, I mean, Lionel Mitchell had a good career, career, but but not a Franco Harris-like career when they got to the NFL. All right, 722, it's time for... What's happening? All right, Hall of Fame Pittsburgh Steelers running back Franco Harris is dead at the age of 72. No cause of death has been released. His passing comes days before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Harris caught a deflected pass for a touchdown to lead Pittsburgh to their first playoff win in decades when the Steelers beat the Raiders at Three Rivers Stadium in 1972. The Steelers host the Raiders this Saturday, and Harris's number 32 is scheduled to be retired. You can catch that game on the Team Sports Network this Saturday at 6.15. There was some college bowl action yesterday on the team. And yesterday, our, our friend Brian Roth calling the game yesterday. We're going to talk with Brian at, at 9 yeah. this morning. What's the CSU Rams? He called the game yesterday from Boise, Eastern Michigan, beating San Jose State 41-27. to So uh, Eastern Michigan finishes the year 9-4, San Jose State 7-5 and with the bowl win yesterday at Boise. Uh, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets are atop the Western Conference after their 105-91 win over Memphis last night in Denver. Jokic recording a triple-double with 13 points, 13 rebounds, and 13 assists. Aaron Gordon had 24 points to lead Denver. Denver's bench showed up big with rookie Christian Brown scoring 13 and Bones Highland adding 12. Denver's back at home for the next two games, hosting Portland on Friday and the Phoenix Suns on Christmas night, and uh, you'll hear that game on the team following Broncos and Rams on Christmas mm-hmm. Day, our little uh, sports Christmas gift to you yeah. uh, coming up this Sunday. History could be made in Boulder tonight as the Colorado men's basketball team hosts Southern Utah. Buffalo's coach Tad Boyle is one win away from being the winningest coach in program history. Boyle beat his former team Northern Colorado to pick up win number 261 this past Sunday. That tied former coach Sox Walsip for the most wins in school history. Boyle can get win number 262 tonight. Boyle holds a school record for the most NCAA and NIT tournament wins and his second in winning percentage. CU enters the game at 7-4 and four at Southern Utah. 8-4 tip-off 5 o'clock tonight at the CU Event Center. A good sign for the Avalanche with the return of Nathan McKinnon to the ice on Tuesday. McKinnon skated with Colorado skills coach Sean Allred in individual workouts at Family Sports Center. 
McKinnon has missed the last seven games with an upper body injury that he sustained December 5th in Philadelphia. As forward Andrew Cogliano suffered an upper body injury in Monday's win against the Islanders. Coach Jared Bednar told the Denver Post that Cogliano almost time, but the injury isn't serious. Newly acquired Dennis Malgin hasn't practiced with the team since he was picked up on a trade with Toronto. The Swiss player is still going through the immigration process. Colorado hosts Montreal tonight with pregame at 5.30 on the Team Sports Network. Today marks the early signing period for college football players. New Colorado football coach Deion Sanders has 15 commitments. That includes four-star running back Dylan Edwards from Derby High School in Kansas. Edwards flipped his commitment from Notre Dame to the Buffaloes. Colorado State has 20 commitments from uh, Los Alamitos, California. Three-star running back Damian Henderson topping the Rams' commits. And uh, Colorado Mesa senior tied in Dagan Ranks named to the 2022 Academic All-America team uh, selected by the College Sports uh, Communications. Uh, uh, Ranks joined nine others as repeat selections of the team, and he holds a 7.79 GPA and just last week earned his degree in exercise science. There were some prep sports yesterday. Central High School, after their second-place finish at the Warrior Classic on the wrestling mats, they beat Palisades 65-18 to in their duel. Devin Hickey uh, got a pin for the Warriors, followed by Jason Sanchez and uh, Zach Knowles as the uh, Central Wrestling team beats Palisade 65-18. to You also had uh, both Palisade basketball teams taking on Coleridge. Palisade girls lost to Coleridge 55-49. Addie Ritterbush, though, did her best uh, to try to get a win for the Bulldogs. She scored a career-high 23 points in that uh, loss, and the Palisade boys lost to Coleridge 50-41. to And that's a quick look at... What's happening? All right, before we take a break, who do we have on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line? This is Howard. All right. Good morning, Howard. How are you? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, sir. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys as well. Uh, Jim, I'm taking a look at an article on the uh, Los Angeles Times in regards to in regards to Franco. Though the one the one bad thing about is how his career ended with Pittsburgh. Uh, he apparently went to the Rooney family and asked for a raise and didn't get one. And Chuck Noll turned around and cut him uh, right in the 1940-84 season uh, training camp. He eventually signed with uh, Seattle, but didn't really play a lot. Now, how you can read into that, I, I, I'm not really sure, but there is there is that to look at. But in regards to Franco Harris, the person, uh, the Times says he was involved in tons of charities got involved with a thing called Pittsburgh Promise, which provides college scholarship opportunities for the public school students and uh, opening a few small businesses. He stayed in the area. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. In, 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 regards, to, in regards to a whine about it with, with Franco and the Steelers, today's NFL stadiums have very few banners honoring the players. Uh, apparently to them it just looks cheesy it looks cheap and i really don't like that because with the steelers you had roy Jarella, Jarella's gorillas all over the stadium franco's italian army uh terry bradshaw had his own little fan club joe green had his little fan club and i just absolutely loved that stuff even even in mile high stadium if you think back once we really caught fire in the late 70s there was banners everywhere with even with Morton, with Haven Moses, uh, and, and all the other, all the other uh, clubs were into that to an extent. But you never see that anymore. I really miss that. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's not that you know, like the Franco's Italian Army. Even if you weren't a Steelers fan, if you're a football fan, you knew exactly what they were talking about. And uh, that, yeah, it's, yeah, 
yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, we don't have quite that little those little fan clubs in the stadium uh, like we used to back in the day. Howard, anything else today? Nope, that's about it. I'm heading to Denver, and I'm waiting for the temperature to come back up on Saturday. It looks like a nasty cold front is coming down, so everybody be careful, and everybody, everybody have a real good Christmas. You too, Howard. Drive safe, okay? Take care, my friend. All right. Take, All right. take it easy. All right. Howard from Fruita today. Go to a co-trip, by the way. If you're going to go anywhere, do check out the road conditions. And I know we, we crack on Twitter a lot because Twitter is kind of a, hell, a hellscape and a cesspool. <laughs> But Franco Harris is trending this morning, and you click onto it, and it's all all loving tributes. Should be. But the thing that stands out to me really is just random people. Like, oh, I saw Franco Harris here, and there's a picture. And Franco looks like he's just the happiest guy to be in this picture, right? There are some pros that, hey, I ran into this legend, and he's kind of got that fake forced smile and a random thumbs up. Franco's like got an arm around a guy and he's smiling. He's just standing there and he's, you know, he's in like a flannel button up shirt and some jeans. He just seemed like a guy. You know what I mean? Just seemed like a really good dude. Yeah. All right. And there are people yeah. that are like, he talked about this play a million times and he still loved to talk about it when I saw him blank. There's a dude that says the, Hey, my dad was Franco Harris's RA at Penn State. And then a few years later, when he's playing for the Steelers, he sees him in Pittsburgh and walks up to him and talks to him. I just seemed like a seemed cool like a, as hell. Seemed like a classy guy. Yeah. All right, 729. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Text or call us today. It's one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, 970-242-1340. Um, you're not Santa, you're a mall Santa. Christmas comes early with Big Bowl matchups on the Team Sports Network. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trust name in automobiles. One about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. What <laughs> is, is that? Is that Ronnie? Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah it sounded like Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie I'm, and uh, Tommy on that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, just and I love Ronnie James Dio. You know, I love yeah the late great Ronnie James Dio. But just <laughs> catches you a little off guard. Having him sing a Christmas song just is a little. <laughs> yeah, it's great though. We wish you yeah. a merry Christmas. I want God rest you, Mary Jane. Oh. Uh, hilarious speaking of bowl games um we will have of course coming up tomorrow armed forces bowl Baylor versus air force uh tomorrow night and so uh make sure you tune in for that one with uh, troy calhoun and air force uh trying to get a win uh against baylor it'd be a good matchup baylor talented offensive football team of course what air force does running the football and uh, we'll have that tomorrow night at 5.30, part of our bowl coverage Yeah, right here on the Team Sports Network. Last night we had the Nuggets squaring off against Memphis. We talked about how the, the Nuggets could have their hands full with, with John Morant and, and Memphis because of their, their pace of play mm-hmm. could take advantage of the Nuggets. And Denver last night, tip of the hat to Michael Malone's team. That uh, a tremendous defensive effort by the Nuggets last night, holding the Grizzlies under 100. Denver gets a 105 to 91 win last night. Nikola Jokic, 
13s across the board. They were not unlucky last night for uh, the Joker. 13 points, 13 rebounds, and 13 assists. His sixth triple-double of the season ties him with Luka Doncic for the most in the league right now. It would only would have been better if they won by 13. They won by 14. Ah, would have been great, wouldn't it? Yeah. But we talked about it's a game that a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. the third would go out. He only had eight. You know, three of six shooting, but he didn't get a ton of shots up. John Morant had 35, but he was still a minus 16. So it's great that he had 35 points and 10 assists, which is just crazy to think about. You take 26 shots and have 10 assists. You have the ball a lot. Yes, you do. And and like you said, nobody else really went off no. for, for Memphis. That no, was a very good defensive performance. Or the Nuggets had, obviously, a very balanced stat, you know, fill mm-hmm. up the stat sheet night for Nikola Jokic like he always does. But Aaron Gordon continues to play really, really well. He had 24 yeah, he points does. last night, had a big three late in the fourth. Bruce Brown had 16. Contavious Caldwell Pope had 12. He grabbed seven rebounds. And... You know, those two were kind of assigned the task of slowing down John Morant. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they he scored 35, but nobody else had a big night last night for Memphis. No, and I I kind of expected, I, I just had a feeling that this is a game they were going to lose. I'm very happy with the win. But it's one of those frustrating wins, right? It's like, man, it's, it's a great-paced basketball team. You're going to struggle to slow them down. You haven't been playing very good defense, and John Morant's an elite-level scorer, and you hold him to 91 points. You know, it's a team that averaged almost 110. You hold them almost 20 points below their season average, and you're like, why can't you do that every night? How do you give up 126 to the Lakers, who you give up like 28 off the bench or whatever it was to Thomas Bryant? Not Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Thomas Bryant. How Like... How does that happen? That's what's so frustrating about wins like last night. Is like, the Lakers suck. You got blown out by the Lakers. You gave up 126. The Grizz are really good, and you hold them to 91. It's like, what are we? What are you doing here? I mean, you're you're in a tie now with Memphis for the yeah. top spot in the Western Conference. How do you lose to the Lakers? But get it done last night against up yeah. to the grit to the Wiz. Yeah, you or, beat or the them, Wiz. but but man. you. You had to have an insanely yeah. good offensive game to get it done. One twenty six allowed to Oklahoma City, and like I said, that's that's part of the maddening thing. I think that's what mm-hmm. causes Michael Malone to have some sleepless nights. He knows how good this team can be. Yeah, on the defensive end when they're committed, and that's, that's the frustrating part. Is like, why aren't you committed every night? I mean. Nikola Jokic only had 13 points last night, and you had a very solid, very convincing win over one of the better teams in the Western Conference. And then a week and a half ago, Nikola Jokic had a really good game, and you lose by almost 20 to the Lakers, who are not one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They're not even the best team in their own building. That's just so frustrating. Good win. Is a really good win last night. And like I said, you know, and Nikola had, the, of course, the career best 27 rebounds the other night. Mm-hmm. You know, and you had 13 last night. But but others did some of the, you know, the lifting there as well. Yeah. With Pope with his seven boards. Bruce Brown had five. Seven for Vlatko Kankar. Yeah. And so, and, and likewise, the scoring. Where, where Christian Brown, I think we said that he came off the bench. He got the start last night. Brown had 13. It's the same thing, really. 
you know, Bones Highland had 12 points last night for the Nuggets. Yeah. It was a, it was a pretty good... I mean, everybody that started last night was in double figures. Pretty good balanced scoring night for the Nuggets. They get the, the win mm-hmm. and are now tied with Memphis for the top spot in the Western Conference. I like Bones Highland. I really do. But there are some times where it's like, you know, just because you want to doesn't mean you have to take that shot, right? That's <laughs> the mark of a second-year guy. Four of 15 yeah, in there's... 15 minutes. Yeah, it's... Dude, I mean, come on. Nikola Jokic took fewer shots and had 13 assists. You took 15 and had one. Like, come on, man. You yeah, let's, let's say Nikola has a more well-rounded scoring game at this point than, than Bones Highland. But I, if for this game specifically, not talking about the defense, if there's one worry, it's that that second unit kind of kept both teams in the game last night a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plenty of turnovers. Not not a ton of great ball movement. Five five of the 28 assists came from the bench. I'm like, uh, that's not great. And that's been a criticism as of yeah. late, that the bench for a stretch played well, and they, they've had good, obviously, Bones Highlands played well off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Jordan's played well off the bench, filling in for, for Nicola. And, but it's as of late, the bench play has not been what it was. Not been great. You know, about a month ago. To have KCP, Jokic, and Brown, uh, Bruce Brown, all north of 35 minutes last night. Yeah, it shows Michael Malone does not have a Doesn't ton have of, a ton of faith. ton in of that faith bench. right now in, in that bench. And so uh, we go from the Nuggets to their uh, icy brethren mm-hmm. with uh, KSE, that being, of course, the Avalanche. 17 11 and 1 uh taking on Montreal tonight 15 15 and 2 over at Ball Arena and uh the Avs have won their last two uh coming off the one nothing win over the Islanders on Monday night Canadians uh seven game roadie they got a 3-2 overtime nice. win against Arizona on Monday night and uh snapped a three game losing streak for the Canadians and so uh the Avs though, even though they've decisively outshot everybody they made just 13 goals in their last seven games. And right now, it's you know it's a 1.8 goals per game, which is below what's already been kind of a mediocre 2.9 goals uh, you know, per game average for the Avalanche this season. Once again, kind of a testament to all the injuries mm-hmm. that Landis Gog out, McKinnon, who was on the ice yesterday going through some individual drills. And uh, it still looks like he's probably on track. The timeline, according to Jared Bednar, that upper body injury, he's missed seven games. They say he'll miss probably 14 total. That's probably where he still is right now. Doesn't sound like the injury to Andrew Cogliano is as significant as they previously thought. He got hurt in the Islanders game the other night. He's going to be out for a while, but they expect him back sooner rather than later. And uh, we also mentioned we are doing uh, what's happening that uh, Dennis Malgan, who they, they made that deal with uh, Toronto to get him, he is still hung up in the immigration process right now, coming from Toronto. So he has not even been on the ice yet for the Avalanche to, to practice with him. So, uh, the is he Avs- like that dude from the Tom Hanks movie? He's just stuck in a stuck, terminal somewhere just, at DIA? Or, well... Living or, in the airport? Or or? In Toronto? <laughs> he's might, he might hey, let him out of Toronto. Canada, but not into America, <laughs> so he's stuck in, stuck in DIA, right? 
I don't know. I, I don't. I Every don't time know. I hear that, where in the world is Dennis Malgan? I yeah. don't know where Dennis Malgan is right he's, now. He's hung up in customs. I'm like, so he he's the the terminal guy from, from that movie who just actually died. The real guy. The real guy. Yes. That was one of my. Every time I hear that, I think that. I don't believe he's that guy. I don't think he's going to be stuck there that long. Oh, okay. Where I, I don't think he's probably stuck at an airport, dude. You never know. Probably, might be maybe at the airport. Might be at a, yeah. a, a hotel at the airport. He's just got an eleven dollar donut that's two days old, and he's <laughs> handling it with the stick down the terminal. You know, down the concourse. All I know is this: he's not. He's not with the Avalanche right now. But they hope to have him there soon. A man without a country. He's, a he's, he's a man. Yeah, he's a man in limbo right now. Yeah. He's in immigration purgatory. All right. So, your thoughts about the passing of Franco Harris? Because to me, he, he when I think of football in the seventies, I think of Franco Harris. I think of those those yeah. great Steeler football teams. Going from Jamie this morning. Good morning, Jamie. Franco is the epitome of the NFL film's era of football. It's probably immeasurable what impact he had on growing the game for numerous generations of football fans and players. Mm-hmm. Going from Robert, R.I.P. Franco. Remember when Jim Brown criticized Franco for running out of bounds too much and then challenged him to a foot race? It was televised. Franco won, but just barely. He just barely beat a guy that was elected to the Hall of Fame <laughs> the year before Franco got drafted. Yeah, so that tells you all you need to know, not not just about Franco, but about Jim Brown. Jim Brown's a hell of an athlete. Dude was out of the league for six years when Franco came in, and Franco just barely beat him in a foot race. I remember when I was in college, and this this was mid eighties, mm-hmm. when Jim Brown was thinking about coming back to play in the NFL, and they had him in the Raiders uniform on the cover of SI, and he was thinking about coming back to play, and he, he chose not to, which I think was really really good. Yeah. But he had been out of the league. Let's see, he retired what? 66? Yeah, it would have been a yeah, mid 60s. So he was out. He'd been out of the league like 20 years at mm-hmm. that point in time because it would have been mid 80s yeah. when that article came out when he was contemplating coming back to play. And a lot of the articles about his work in social justice at that time and mm-hmm. other things he was doing. But 65. He was, yeah, he was, he was thinking about coming back to play. 20 years after he had retired. Yeah. He just secured his fourth MVP at 29. 1,500 yards in 14 games and retired. Franco, when he retired, was what? Or when he left, sorry, not when he retired, when he left the Steelers, he was like 400 yards behind Jim Brown. When he left Pittsburgh in 80, after the 83 season. I don't think a ton of people really know that, that weren't alive at the time. They know the Immaculate Reception and four Super Bowls and Hall of Famer and great guy, but, I mean, Jim Brown retired at 12-3-12. Franco Harris had 11-9-50 when he left Pittsburgh. I mean, that's, that's 400 yards about. Yeah. Got a text from Dom this morning. Uh, it's about Franco Harris. His number is going to be retired Saturday. Mm-hmm. When the uh, Steelers host the Raiders, I would think you would also want there to be more people that saw the great play than didn't when you retire a number. Talk about why they didn't do it sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. yeah. I, 
I, I just think he's a Hall of Famer. Why, why didn't you, they had a 30th and a 40th anniversary for the Immaculate Reception. Why didn't you just do it then? I mean, once again, nobody knew he was going to die. Right. Nobody knew he was going to pass away. And but so it's, every year that passes, that becomes more and more likely, right? Yeah, I, I just to me, why why don't you just go ahead and do? He's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It's not like you you were waiting for him to get into the Hall of Fame through the Veterans Committee or something, and to you know for him for to have this honor for him. He's, he's a one Hall of your, he's one of your all time greats. He was already a Hall of Famer. He was a Hall of Famer nineteen ninety, the class yeah. of ninety. Yes. Like, the Immaculate Reception was 18 years old. Why did you have to wait till the 50th? When, like we mentioned in what before what's happening, the 30th, you played the Raiders. The 40th, you played the Raiders. Do it then. I, if you have to wait for that symmetry, why do you have to wait 50? And if you're waiting 50, you know what? Screw it. Let's just wait 100 yeah. years. He, he, it wasn't like he was a questionable you know, Steeler great. Right. He was a Steeler great. It didn't take 50 years for him to suddenly, well, he's good enough to have his number retired. I mean, that's 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 my wine today, and that's because I feel like mm-hmm. maybe because of the way things ended up, as Howard mentioned, with the Steelers, there were some bad feelings there, and that's why. That, that should not have been the reason. Should not have been the reason at all that they waited so long. It's only been issued once since then anyway. Yeah. All right, let's uh, get sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, what do you got, Buck? Well, the real coming out party, Franco Harris, the Immaculate Reception. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Franco Harris has it. There you go. Yep. Franco didn't give up on the play. Nope. And they end up getting the victory. And John Madden, if I remember correctly, questioned the officials mm-hmm. about it. Because th- there was a rule, right, that yeah, the you defensive couldn't, player couldn't, or you couldn't catch it off a deflection unless exactly. they hit a defensive player. Exactly. Now it'd be fine, but back then it would have been an illegal play. I think that's what I was it trying was to say. illegal touch, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to say earlier. I think I misspoke. It was illegal then. Now it'd be okay. Yeah. It's a and, wonky rule, so it's hard to remember. Yeah. And so that's what and so that's what Madden went to the officials. Like you he he was illegal touching. Mm-hmm. And the officials are going, Do you think look at the crowd, do you think we're gonna go back out there and tell them that <laughs> True story. They were gonna yeah. tell them that it was an illegal touch. They were, we're coming not, out of the stands. They're like, We're not sure and we're gonna leave it the way it is. Yeah. Us northern, midwestern types, we're rioters. <laughs> Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Detroit, yeah. Chicago. Just going to leave that alone. Yep. Getting the hell out of here, John. All right. Seven, Get on your bus and go home. 7.52. We'll take a break, and we'll come back. And uh, your thoughts about Franco Harris uh, 
passing away at the age of 72, just days from the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Your reaction to the, the passing of Franco Harris just days before they would honor him, retire his number in Pittsburgh with the uh, Steelers taking on the Raiders. We'll have that game this Saturday, by the way, right here on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Dustin sent this in, and this is some sad news if you're a Broncos fan. Yeah. That uh, former Broncos running back Ronnie Hillman is in hospice because of pneumonia as he battles liver cancer. And this is according to his former teammate, 104.3 of the fans, Derek Wolf and Orlando Franklin. Both of those guys work for the for uh, the fan over in Denver. Uh, Hillman turned just 31 in September, played five seasons for three different teams. Obviously, his best years, though, came when he was in a Broncos uniform. He's leading rusher. On the Broncos, and they won Super Bowl 50. Didn't have a lot of impact in that game. But, uh, you know, they wouldn't have got there. He had seven touchdowns that season. And Hillman and C.J. Anderson, obviously, really nice one-two punch for the Broncos when they won Super Bowl 50. But uh, that's that's really hard to hear. Guy's 31. I mean, Franco Harris, that was a shock. He was 72. Appeared to be a man of in, in, in good health, as far as we knew. Nothing was made public about Franco's health, but yeah, Ronnie Hillman, thirty-one. That's just that's just terrible, terrible news. Yeah, that's unfortunate. All right. So coming up next hour, we'll uh, dive into the Broncos and Rams with Wildlife Sports Radio's Cody Rourke. Also, talk a little Avs with uh, the radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee. That's coming up next hour. It's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. So get your wines in today. Chance to win a bottle of Talon. Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. And also don't forget, get your picks in at the team1340.com for Pile Pigskin Pick'em. Brought to you by Kistner Motors. Congratulations to Jeremy Davis, our latest winner.